0: Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's Genesis Invitational. Joining me to break it all down, Sia Najad is here. Sia, welcome. Happy
1: Monday. So for the seventh time this year, golf season starts this week (laughs) no more football we've got the cream of the crop playing this is it starts today not last week and not the other five times we said it
0: this is the post football starting point on the schedule yes yes i i'm aware of this one that sport not taking any eyeballs away from our sport this time around greg ducharme is
2: here greg good to see you bud good to see you guys too i'm i'm really looking forward to this one i'm hoping we get another great nickname See ya. That's on you. Um, Because last week's was just phenomenal. And I love the way it played out. So um, I I always find it amazing how many of the conversations from a Monday pan out early in the week. My only regret is we don't get enough. We don't get enough chance to talk about it because we're always on to the next one. But that was the KH Lee stuff last week was just phenomenal.
0: TPC Lee, I believe, is the name. That's well, he uh, gave us. And of course he cashes. What was the first round leader? 80, 60, 70, 80 to one, something. In that it range? was,
1: it, it was 80 to one. And it and, and, and allowed me to offer a third nickname or a second nickname. And it's F R Lee as in first round leader Lee. So that worked out really well for, for a few people. So I love that. That's so good.
0: Uh, awesome. Big boy tournament. It's an invitational to smaller field. It's Riviera country club, Greg, this is, Man, this is one of my favorite spots on the schedule. The the course itself is phenomenal. It's getting this, you know, elevated status the last couple of years. So we've got every single golfer inside the top 10 in the world rankings teeing it up. I, I mean, this it, it's just chef's kiss for me.
2: It it really is phenomenal. I mean, looking through this board as I continue to look through now, I can't get over what the options are in the 6k range the seven K range. I mean, these are some heavy hitters and normally scrolling through Rick You get into the seven K's and the six K's and you start scrapping and clawing for reasons to play somebody. But this week it's like, it, it's almost like a grab bag. Like what, what do you want? do you want? A guy with recent history? Cause he's, he's there recent form course history. He's there. Great talent. Yeah. He's, he's there. So there's a lot of great options this week and it it makes it challenging, uh, but it also gives you a lot of opportunity to differentiate yourself. And I can't wait to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah. I'll actually share my screen. This is uh my website, rickrungood.com. We're looking at the course key stats model right now and see, uh, this is, it's going to be a challenge, right? 30 under par is not going to get it done uh, or at least 30, no 30 under par would certainly get it done, but there's no chance anybody's getting to 30 under par. These are the second most difficult fairways to hit. They're the third most difficult greens to hit. It is generally uh, a course that rewards the ball strikers, but, Listen, there's going to be some tricky, savvy shots you're going to have to hit around the greens. What types of
1: golfers are you looking for around Riviera this week? So I'm definitely, and this is kind of a catch-all phrase. It's almost a cop-out answer to your question, but I'm definitely looking for the all-around game. So you know, I understand these narrow, way, these these fairways are hard to hit. They're narrow, but that doesn't mean I'm necessarily just looking for you know. Accurate ball strikers off the tee, for example. I think the around the green game and the approach play are probably the two most significant for me that I'm going to be focused on. This is definitely a course, especially if the weather picks up, but even if it doesn't, where you're really going to need to navigate yourself around the course and be clever and be smart and hopefully have some course experience. So I'm looking for those types of guys. And frankly, There's a lot of guys that I'm playing, or at least a few guys I'm playing in this tournament that I I wouldn't normally play, let's say in a birdie fest, for example. I want guys who can manufacture plays that aren't necessarily in front of everybody. In other words, plays that other people wouldn't necessarily be thinking of.
0: Here are the winners, Greg, with their associated odds from the last handful of years. Max Homa won this last year 50 to 1. Adam Scott in 2020, he was 30 to 1. We had a long shot the year before that. That was JB Holmes at 100 to 1. And then Bubba Watson. He's won it three times. He's won it at 50 to one, 20 to one and 25 to one. Dustin Johnson was the shortest seven and a half to one. And James Hahn threw in another long shot victory for those guys. 200 to one. Does that tell us anything? Does that, does that help us kind of make decisions that, uh, you know, we've had two long shot winners here, but generally it's like 50 to one and shorter.
2: I think it tells you about the strength of the field. Uh, that that's the number one takeaway for me. It, when you listen to those odds, and you combine it with those names and there seems to be a, a disconnect, right? They're, they're big time players and those odds seem maybe aside from Dustin Johnson, they seem a little longer than you would expect bubble Watson with his course history though. That's going to play into his odds. Although I guess the first time he won, it, it wouldn't. Um, but beyond that, you know, he, he's a past champion. It's going to play a factor. So I, I think it speaks to the strength of field and, and it also, Looking at that in comparison to this model that we have here, I find it very interesting. I'll tell you why. Uh, um, I I see there the smallest number is strokes gain around the green. And this is a big big conversation that we had last year where in Mm -hmm. in this California swing, we see a big um, um, reward for short game. You have you know, you have these California events where short game is very important. Greens are hard to hit. Fairways are hard to hit. The rough can be penal at times. Weather can be a factor. You got to grind it out. I mean, Farmers is a great short game course. This is a a great short game kind of course. Pebble can be a great short game course where the greens are hard to hit. And when we go to Florida, it changes dramatically and it favors ball strikers tremendously. So I find that very interesting. Yet, when you look at Who's won here? Those names stand out as ball strikers. Max Holma is almost like a Kyle Stanley kind of model, where he's a great ball striker, struggles on and around the greens. How did (laughs) I I had to.
1: I love it. We got it. We got to fit his name in at least once every single (laughs) show.
2: We have to contract. It's a. It's it's a law. It's the Monday law. So I got him in there already. But uh, that that's the kind of player. Max Homa is a great ball striker struggles on the greens. Now when he wins, he puts well, uh, so that that's a, the difference between he and Kyle Stanley. That's why he, he went, that's why Max Homa wins and why he's an interesting player to talk about. Adam Scott, great ball striker, Bubba Watson, not really known for short game and putting. Uh, he's a, a great driver of the golf ball. And at times he's been a, a great iron player. Um, not for long stretches, but he has great tournaments. And then, um, so that, I guess that's basically the Dustin Johnson was the other one I was thinking of mm. great ball striker, great all around player, but really known for his ball striking. So you have this difference where the, the winners seem to be great ball strikers yet the model says, okay, short game distance is important. Putting is important, more important than normal courses. And I think that really speaks to Cia's point of all around players. Looking for guys who can put together an all-around performance to me is very important. Um, but I think it leads to, in your fantasy model, a very diverse mix where you're not just looking for one style of player. You're going to have a Kevin Na be an option because he's had a good record here through short game. Uh, and, and that short game can pay off here. Where at the same time, a player like Justin Thomas is, is a great option as well. Because of ball striking, so it it should be really interesting. It presents a lot of options.
0: Yeah, diverse is a good way to put it, and get used to seeing Riviera because it's not only going to host the 2026 U.S. Women's Open, but the 2028 Olympics. Yeah, when the Olympics come to L.A., see, have you been? Uh, have you been watching watching the Olympics this time around?
1: I feel like I should say yes, but the answer is no. I have not been. So you haven't seen the the monobob. I actually saw some sort of clip about it. I mean, isn't that the bobsled? What are we doing? It's a, here?
0: It's a single person bobsled.
1: We the weren't really bob. doing that. Um, I guess not. See, okay, <laughs> I guess. See, it's
0: yeah, I always right.
2: thought the monobob was was like the luge, but I guess that's different. You're in. Ah, you're actually inside thinking. the vehicle. The monobob is like a women's only event. Oh, there you go.
0: But it is different. Yeah, because the luge you lay down on a sled. No, that's probably not the right word. On a
1: thing. (laughs) Luge, small thing.
0: Very small board, low board. But a bobsled is kind of like a bigger car. And a monobob is like a single person one of those. I didn't know it was women's only. It's fascinating stuff.
1: Rick, I know you're not trying to be disrespectful, but I mean, and it's impressive, but they're going sledding, okay? The luge people are going sledding. (laughs)
0: very very fast sledding on their backs uh what's the what's the forward-facing spreading.
2: one skeleton when you go ahead skeleton Ooh, boy. aptly named it's purely terrifying yes you got to be which is why i mean th- th- those events are really interesting because you I, I don't know the intricacies and what separates the greats from the uh you know sledders but it, it's it, it's fascinating to see and it's terrifying they go so fast. And it's purely on ice. So, I I mean, all the respect in the world for that. Crazy stuff. We're going to jump into the $10,000 section of this
0: board. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution Your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything. Works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping And we're back. The $10,000 range on DraftKings is five golfers. Deep John Rahm, 11,300. Patrick Cantlay at 11,000. Justin Thomas is 10,700. Colin Morikawa, 10,400. And Dustin Johnson is 10,100. ya. this is an absolutely stacked field. I was trying to figure out a way to differentiate these golfers between one another, and I'm having a very difficult time, so I'm hoping that you can point me in the right direction.
1: Yeah, this is tough, obviously. There's a few guys I have in mind, and unfortunately, the two of the few are at the top. It's John Rahm and Patrick Cantlay. It's just so hard for me to get away from those two guys when I've seen their recent history. I've seen their course history here at Riviera. And frankly, even when they're playing poorly, like over the last few tournaments where there have been spots where they've been playing poorly, they still end up Finishing great. And and I love that in a, in a golfer. Like, I don't know that I can say the same, for example, about Justin Thomas or Dustin Johnson, notwithstanding his history here. So it's really those two guys at the top. I think Colin is an interesting unknown, but the problem with Colin is I still think he's going to garner some ownership. And so usually those unknown guys you can get at a really low ownership percentage. I'm not sure you're getting that with Colin.
0: Yeah, I hate to keep going back to this, but it it remains to be true. The last 50 rounds, which again is about six months worth of, of rounds for most of these guys, about half a year, John Rahm is gaining two and a half strokes per round. Patrick Cantlay is gaining nearly 2.2. They're the only golfers gaining over 1.7 strokes per round. I mean, they are just in a different class. I know it's annoying. I know I say it every week, Greg, but it is statistically true. So they're the, they're the two best players for a a sustained period of time, but we've got some big boppers right behind. Is it worth trying to pivot to a Justin Thomas who has two top tens here, but in his last two trips, he's missed the cut or Colin Morikawa that CEO was mentioning or Dustin Johnson who has been phenomenal here. Like there's, there is still a plethora of riches outside of Rom and Cantley.
2: Yes. Um, I think Dustin Johnson's a, a viable option. Um, and, and the reason is look, I mean, JT and Morkow, it, it's hard to say you're gonna go wrong with them, but they just they assume more risk in this group. And for that reason, it's really hard to stay away from to me. It's three guys. It's it's Rom, it's Cantley, and DJ would be your. You know your alternative option, and and the reason is simple. They they check every box. They are long off the tee. They're accurate off the tee. They have great short games. They're putting great. They're playing great. They have great records here, especially with Ram and Cantlay. They and that's why the those strokes gain numbers look the way they do. Every single box is checked. There is no weakness. If they don't hit it well, this is what Patrick Cantley did. He he hit it terribly the first three days, led the field in putting. And then on Sunday, he leads the field approaching the green. And that's it, 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 they are talented enough to oppose the model. So at any point in this tournament, they're going to be a factor. Unless they miss the cut, which is a, a I mean, it's almost taboo to even bring up. But they they just look like such locks. I feel like you, you need to get that, that blue chip player in your lineup. And when there's three of them, and, and maybe the general public will see Justin Thomas as one of those too, And if they see Justin Thomas as one of those, now you have, you really have five blue chip players sitting in the 10 K plus range. And I have to think that's going to spread out ownership a little bit. I don't think you're going to have one, one player dominate. That would be my guess. And, and there are so many reasons to like all five of these guys that I, I think for me, I'm going to go with the safer, the safer three options. If I want to pay down, I'll go DJ. But I think Ram and Cantlay are really setting up to be must because there's just, there's no stone left unturned with their game right now. It's, it's completely rock solid. We
0: are approaching the one year anniversary. This week is the one year anniversary of the last time Justin Thomas lost Stroke's on approach in a stroke play event the only time he actually did it was at the match play but that's wonky stuff because they don't play every single hole and all that good stuff but this event last year was the last time he lost strokes on approach that's that's how good he's been see i agree there are five blue chippers at the top here but we cannot play them all let's remove rom let's remove Cantley from this conversation it is is morikawa your your third guy is that kind of the way you rank these see
1: well, no, it's actually DJ was my third guy, okay. but, but if we're, if we're talking about Colin versus JT, I think I would prefer to go with Colin over JT. Why? Well, two miss coming off two missed cuts for, for JT doesn't give me, I mean, I understand his history prior to, to, um, I guess 2020 was good here, but I, I feel like for Colin Morikawa, there's such upside there, and I think it might be equal to Justin Thomas's, if not better, considering his ball striking. And again, he's a guy we haven't seen too much, so maybe ownership is down a little bit. The reality, Rick, is I'm probably not getting to either of those guys. So really, what I'm what I'm debating is it's a debate for somebody else because for me, it's going to likely be Cantley or Rom. That's going to be a fixture in my lineup, and I might pepper in DJ, but. I'm not super enamored with that, notwithstanding his history. So uh, to me, JT and Colin are, are kind of fourth and fifth on this list. It's crazy. Rick, yes. I got
2: a question for you. Yeah. You think JT's cleaned up his driving a little bit this year? Because the different, the separator to me and the JT Morikawa thing would be uh, Morikawa is way more accurate off the tee. But JT has probably has a better short game. Um, do you, But I'm looking at JT's off the tee numbers and he he's really been gaining quite consistently you think that's coming more from distance than accuracy or, i i or think has he got rid of some of those errant shots no i think he's got i think it's both i think he i think it is coming more from
0: distance than accuracy but i do think he's re- reined it in a little bit we still see him hit that occasional like oh boy that's that's going like way right i've lost this one just get lucky type of deals yeah um but you it know feels I, like I, a little less to me it feels like a little bit less and the thing that we never talk about with JT and you can kind of see it here this is i just have the last 24 rounds up of the 10k guys he's like you know statistically uh by far the best around the green player rom rom's had a little bit of bad luck recently hasn't played as well longer term it's probably rom but we don't give JT enough credit greg for his around the green play his hands are so good he can hit any shot and we we don't often talk about that because of what an elite kind of iron player or wedge player that he is
2: right and he i mean he hits so many greens to regulate we never talk about greens of regulation but this year on tour he's hitting over 75 percent of his greens mm. so how how often are we displaying that short game it's not like patrick reed and Maybe Jordan Spieth, even though Spieth's a great iron player, you see a lot more. He he doesn't hit that number of greens. (laughs) So you you see this um, this short game put on display a lot more often with some guys. And JT isn't one of those. It's like Hideki Matsuyama short game. It's great. It's phenomenal. You just never see it. So um, I, I think that takes away. But I agree with you. His his hands, his wedge play in general, even even distance wedges, partial wedges, eighty-yard shots are uh, among the best in uh, among the best in the game. So the the two bugaboos with him have been the in the the errancy off the tee, which I do feel like no stats to back this up, but I feel like those have been reined in to a degree. And the putting, which I don't feel like has been <laughs> ra- I don't feel like that's been reined in. So, th- I mean, I guess that's the, the biggest concern, and that concern exists with Morikawa, too.
1: And and for the record, I mean, if, if, since we did talk about all-around game, I mean, the around-the-green game is better for Justin Thomas, so that, that is a, a nice differentiator. And I think the putter's been a little bit better, too, but that's not really saying much. Uh,
0: see, uh, okay, so how, it's very early on a Monday. How do you envision this ownership shaking out? If you want it to be different, are the guys to be different on the acronyms or the initials, JT and DJ? Are those the guys to be different on, assuming everybody goes, okay, well, Rom and Cantley have been basically in every optimal lineup. One or the other has been in like every optimal lineup for two months. And then you get Colin Morikawa, who's at a really good price. And I think people understand the ball striking stuff. Are JT and DJ the pivots here?
1: I don't think so. I, I, first okay. of all, I think it's going to be, and I think Greg alluded to this earlier, I think it's going to be pretty flat across the board, but I think it's going to be JT and Colin, actually, that are going to be the quote pivots, because I don't think there's any way that people aren't going to spend up for John Rahm and and Patrick Cantley. And DJ, because of his history here, I think people are just going to be enamored with that and they're going to feel pretty strong about grabbing DJ for the first time in quite some time. I, I think it's Colin and JT that get left at least a little bit lower than those three. Uh, If Colin Morikawa is left behind, I'll be very happy about that. So we'll see how that shakes out as the week goes
0: on. Before I move on to the 9K range, there's a question in the chat that I want to... Okay, Tom asks, is fading the 10K tier even remotely sane? And Greg, (laughs) I I think you might have to be insane to fade the entire 10K range,
2: right? I do. Well, look, this comes from the strength in the 9K range, which we're going to get to. And I could see a leaderboard full of 9K guys easily, um, which is why that's remotely sane, but the guys up there are so good. They're, they're locks in your lineup and the 6k range and the lower end of this, this player pool is really why you got to get somebody in the 10 K plus range in your lineup. And you don't worry about price because you have so many options down below that are viable options that have win at you have win equity down there. And that doesn't that's not always the case so I understand where you come from with that question because the 9k is so strong but I think you have enough on the back end here where um where it's really hard to leave those guys out
1: so Rick I, I love that question because I in response to your original question about who was going to be lower who would be the contrarian play I was literally going to suggest well the contrarian play would be the pivot would be to go mm-hmm. right to the 9K range because of the names in there so uh, listen it's not It's not a, it's not a plan that I would expect, you know, big time consistent dividends, but in this tournament, listen, we're going to get to it. There's some big time names here that if they were 10,100, instead of let's say spoiler alert, 9,700, that might be a guy like, I think everybody would be like, okay, yeah, that's totally, that's totally fair. There's six guys in the 10 K range, not, not five.
0: Spoiler alert, the guy that's $9,700 that Sia is alluding to is Rory McElroy. He is in that $9,000 range, along with Xander Schauffele, Victor Hovland, Hideki Matsuyama, Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith, and Brooks Kepka. Greg, uh, star power, my friend. Yeah, it's star like another power. 10K lineup. It's like another 10K range. So... Um, maybe the pivot is none of the 10 K guys and start here, but let's, let's start figuring out what we do because I think Rory is fascinating. I'm sure Sia is going to talk plenty about that. Victor is coming off uh, a missed cut. Scotty Scheffler is coming off a victory. How do we allocate our assets here in the nine K range?
2: All right, well, let's take our model, which is all around players and start right on the top because Xander Shoffley is sitting there and he may be the third best example of great all-around players rom Cantley shawfly um I, I that would probably be my rank and dj would be somewhere in the top five as well um but i, I think i think xander is probably your third best option of that so when you look at xander shawfly you look at missing out on a playoff last week by one shot come into riviera where he's finished in five starts he has two tied 15th he's got a tied 23rd and a tied 9th so he's played great at this venue or well at this venue and it wouldn't be surprising at all if he was holding the trophy at the end of the week he ha- he has the game to do it if you look at short game if you value short game he's phenomenal around the greens he is he was a top 10 putter on the pga tour last year and although he lost strokes this week at Waste Management, that may be a good sign because he lost strokes for the first time since the BMW Championship and came in tied third. So he's hitting the ball really well. His distance seems to be up yet again. He was crushing the ball this weekend, uh, this this week at, at the WM. And all of a sudden, this guy checks every box too. So I, I love starting right away with Xander. The hard thing about Xander is that Rory McIlroy is right behind him. And Rory's accumulated. And I know C is going to have a lot of comments on this too, but you're looking at a third, a 12th, an 18th, a sixth, a win at the CJ cup. Those are his last starts. And, and Rory feels like he's on the verge of winning. And I think we were seeing Rory of old and that brings into consideration his course history here, which aside from last year, missing the cut is really, really good.
0: The four results that, Greg is mentioning our European tour DP world tour results, Uh strong fields, no doubt, but not necessarily official or the hero world challenges in there as well, but not official uh, PGA tour events and Sia. They're great results, but the last four times we saw advanced metrics on Rory, he's lost strokes on approach in all four. Now we go back to Riv. I think there are maybe some question marks. I lean on the side of like fire up Rory, let's go, give me all the Rory. But I want to hear what kind of you have to say about this.
1: Yeah, I'm not really concerned about the approach numbers back in. I mean, we're talking about yeah, October last and September and, and yeah. August, so this is quite some time ago. And and I'm I'm sure if we had stroke gain data for you know when he was in Abu Dhabi and, and overseas in Dubai. It would probably be pretty impressive, is my guess, given his finishing positions. I also like how he played out there. I think it was in, in uh, Abu Dhabi where he had a second round where he shot something pretty terrible and then bounced back in round three, and round four, and shot two really good scores to finish in, in good finishing positions. So I think he's coming in with really good form. Uh, from, from a finishing position standpoint, we know that for a fact, but from a strokes game data standpoint, I'm going to make that assumption. So the approach number, listen, he's also very comfortable here. He's actually expressed that himself, but he's also kind of, I feel like his game is really perfect for here. And and I think his finishing positions are reflecting that, especially a fourth and a fifth. Yeah. There's a miscut there, but yeah, there's nothing I don't like about Roy. He's around the green game. He's great. His approach game. Well, listen, we don't, you know, we, we see what we saw six months ago, five months ago, but I think that's really going to rebound off the tee. We know he's great. I think he's got all the components, including the putter. So I'm ready to coin a new nickname. Greg, are you ready? Yes, I've been waiting. We go from TPC Lee to Roar Vieira.
2: Roar Vieira. Oh, I thought you were going to go with Riviera Rory. Or... Roar Vieira? Car.
1: Oh, no. It's actually better
0: than I thought it was going to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Roar Vieira. Yeah, it's a mouthful, but it's worth it. It I, I don't good.
2: think you I don't think you can give him that nickname. <laughs> he well, he's never won here.
1: I am I am in the business of projecting. He's going to win this week. You're so projecting. Yeah. He's you're prognosticating. prognosticating. Yeah. Just like TPC Lee, first round leader.
0: So so you're basically telling us what the headline's gonna be. If if newspapers still existed, which I I, I assume they do not, but like if we got the Monday morning paper, it would say the headline on the sports section would say Roar Vieira. Yeah, it all caps, with dash in digital. between the R. It's just digital now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on my Rory iPad <laughs> It's a lot Same. of R's, but I like it. Um, it's tough. Boy, all right. Well, listen, there's Scotty Scheffler, Brooks Kepka, Hideki Matsuyama has been basically the best player on tour for eight starts, and... Hard setup, Greg, kind of like Memorial, kind of like some of the places he's had success. He's got two top tens in his last three trips. Maybe I just go with Hideki, and that wins me all the money.
2: Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's Cam Smith. Maybe it's Cam, um, Cam. I mean, Cam Smith, you, you're looking at a... Look, I, I don't want to disrespect Hideki here. The guy's got three top tens and a tied 11, and he's missed the cut here twice. Um, but last year, he missed the cut last year. He wasn't playing great at the time. I know he won the Masters, but leading up to the Masters, it was like some not great play. And it, that's really turned around, and it's really changed. And the, in the years before that, you have a T5, a T9, another miscut in 17, T11, T4, T23. So, I mean, this sets up perfect for him, and and he could be a really safe anchor play if you are doing one of the pivot moves in the in the 10K zone. He could be a a safe pivot because I I don't foresee a weak performance out of him. Now Cam Smith, on the other hand, would be a more risky play to me. He has two top tens here, um, one miscut, and and the thing that about Cam Smith is he's he hasn't been nearly as good off the tee as Hideki, um, but he he can lean on the short game and the putting, and it seems to be a really nice venue for him as well. So he might be a sneaky play, and and he played really well in saudi arabia um which, which is just simply a sign of good form he won the century tournament of champions and i give him all the credit in the world for missing the cut at the sony open that's we see that so much you win there's a setback especially when it's the next week and now it seems like he's right back into form so i, I almost look at cam smith and i rule out the miscut at the sony and and what i see after that is Really good stuff. So again, this is another one of those ranges where it's hard to hard to go wrong. Who's the oh gosh? Who's the guy, Sia? You'd least like to play in
1: the nine thousand dollar range. It would likely be. Scotty? It's between Scotty Scheffler and, which is funny to say. And so like, kind of go, it's so yeah. stupid.
0: It's so stupid.
1: It's really stupid. It, it, but God. but to be honest, it's not because he won last week. It's just because evaluating these players, I agree with Greg, by the way. Cam Smith is probably my my second favorite guy, if not tied with Rory. There's just a lot to like. I like Hideki a lot, too. So there's there's a lot to like in that 9K range. Somebody's got to be left out. Uh,
2: to me, Scotty, the, the reason you, or as, as Kyle says, Scott, the reason you uh don't play Scott is because he did he didn't win or because he won last week. Because this guy does great on hard golf courses. This is like exactly the kind of venue you would expect Scotty Scheffler to step up and perform in. And he's done well enough here, tied 20th, the tied thirtieth, and a missed cut. So I mean, all the signs to me would say Scott Scheffler is a is a pretty good option. Uh I'll stop that. I'll call him Scotty. He just won for crying. Do you
0: think he'll ever drop the Scotty? Like how old is he? He's like 20. No. Has he missed he's, he's missed the window. Now he's still Scotty.
2: Yeah, he's Scotty. It's like Ricky Fowler, right? He's It's never it's never going to be Rick. It's
1: just Rick.
0: Yeah, it's tough.
1: It's tough. Um so he's did you did you just guess his age? What how old do you think he is? Cuz I didn't know. I just looked it up.
0: Oh, I think I would have guessed he's 24. No, nah, 25 maybe.
2: Greg. Um I think he is 25. He is 25. Good job. Yeah,
0: because because he went to four four years at Texas, right? So
2: and then a year on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh,
1: yeah, and then a couple years. Yes. Yeah. And for the record, to Greg's point, I mean, he does rate out really well across like all the metrics in terms of the all-around game, around the green, putter, uh, approach. It's yeah. all off the tee. It's all it's all pretty great for Scotty Scheffler. But then again, I'm I'm only looking at 24 rounds, so obviously some of that's baked in from last week as well. Of course.
0: Yeah, he was. He was- Plenty good before that. Um, Okay, let's go down to the $8,000 range because as as you can imagine, there are still big names in that range as well. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating off, all you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V U O R I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any US orders over $75. And here's my favorite part free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we're back. The $8,000 range. Oh, my gosh. Jordan Spieth. Will Zal Torres, Sam Burns, Sung JM, Bubba Watson, three-time winner. Tony Finau, Max Homo went to a playoff together last year, right next to each other in the pricing. Adam Scott, our winner from two years ago. Matt Fitzpatrick, Taylor Gooch. Oh boy, see ya. Um, there is just there's a lot here too. I guess that's what happens when you have an invitational and a very deep field like we have. It's just like riches on riches on riches.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, when we started the show, I said, you know, there's some guys I don't normally play that, that I will play here because I just think they're technicians and they have an an ability to navigate a difficult course in a different way than other people. And Jordan Spieth is really him and Cam Smith are at the top of that list, in my opinion, in terms of just being able to figure it out and navigate a tough course, whether they're in the rough or not off the tee. So I understand Jordan typically has some issues um, in terms of, you know, off the tee, but his history here is pretty good. His price is great at 8,900, um, recent history, obviously, you know, waste management wasn't great, but he has that second place at Pebble. Uh, I think at 8,900, he's just a really good value. So for the 8k range, it's him, it's Max Homa, who I was on last week as well, who, who really rates out well here and also has good course history here. And then my other 8k guy, Rick is one of your guys who you said was the most mispriced golfer last week, and of course you were right. It's Taylor Gooch. I think all three of these guys uh, have really good returns in terms of value.
0: Yeah, if Taylor Gooch didn't just eject himself on Sunday, that would have looked really, really good. He was, like ba- was like two shots back heading into the final round. He was like three or four over. Uh, ugly stuff, but for the most part, a lot of good golf played by Taylor Gooch uh, last week. When I look at this eight K range. Greg, I see Sam Burns, who, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he hold the lead here last year at the turn on Sunday? Right? Yes. I'm remembering that correctly.
2: Yes. Amazing factor.
0: Yeah. Sung J M, who has taken a long vacation. He's taken two consecutive weeks off. That's unbelievable. Might as well be two years for Sung Jae, but when he's at his best, he's a great ball striker. Uh, And we've got the Bubba track of all Bubba tracks for Bubba Watson, who's 8,500 bucks. So how how else do we start, um, you know, using our clicks here in the $8,000 range?
2: Um, So one, I think Will Zalatoris is going to be maybe a little bit, hmm. I don't know. See, it, 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 what do you think his ownership is going to be like? It, will be, will he be a forgotten guy?
1: No, he'll be he'll be pretty popular. But again, I, I think it's going to be there's such rich talent it, like it through the 8K range. It really does stop at the 8K range. Uh, I don't think it's going to be some exorbitant number on him. But I think he's going to carry some some popularity for sure.
2: So he had a uh, tied 15th finish here last year. I really like the way his game sets up for Riviera. So he is an option, although not my favorite. Sam Burns, I think is a, a fantastic option. It was the third place finish for him last year. Now the form has been a little quiet so far. Um, uh, we missed the last two cuts, which doesn't look great. Maybe that keeps people away and probably as rich as the talent is, it probably keeps me away as well, but I love Bubba Watson. I love Taylor Gooch and I, I am also interested in Adam Scott. Um, it's hard to Max home is out just by rule and I'm looking for reasons to, to rule people out here, but because he's the defending champ, he's out. So A- Adam Scott, I think is starting to get back into form and he's going to get back to one of his favorite golf courses in the world. Uh, his putting has really improved. So I love, I love what I'm seeing out of Adam Scott and he definitely makes my list. Um t-
0: well, me, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I was going to declare the most mispriced golfer this week as uh Maddie Fitzpatty, Matt Fitzpatrick, <laughs> who is, what is he? 80, 100 or $8,000, 80, 100 T 10 in Phoenix T six at Pebble. Yeah. Remember when everyone was like, Oh no, we haven't seen him play in so mm-hmm. long. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Just off to a really great start p- piles up top tens. I mean, the guy's a, the guy's a stud. I
2: love it. And, and a T five and a T 30 here in his two starts.
0: Yeah, let's go fire him up. Why don't people he's actually and he's way better off the tee than I think people would ever imagine. He's a constant gainer off the tee
2: and, he, and he's not long. So that points to some great accuracy, which will go a long way this week. So he, he's an option. I, I just I, I question, can he win this tournament, Rick? No. Well, I mean, maybe sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, he won what DP World Tour a couple of years ago. He doesn't have to at eighty one hundred right? If he finishes T three, I'm smitten.
2: Yeah. That seems like a, I, I don't know. I just, I, I look at the guys, I look at Taylor Gooch who I think is, I mean, he was showing, he was upset a couple times last week in a good week. He was really upset. And, and Sunday you're, you're around away from a great tournament really contending to win again. And you just won what five, six starts ago. Um, so I, I love what I'm seeing out of Taylor Gooch, and I love his his recent form here here his course history T12 T10 T20, and I think that makes it hard to go with a Matt uh, a Maddie Fitz, Fitzpatrick as he said. <laughs> <laughs> and then do you, I mean, you got you got Adam Scott. Adam Scott probably yeah. doesn't have the upside of of Fitzpatrick. I don't know. Adam Scott won this event
0: two years ago.
2: Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't won since,
0: right? He hasn't won anywhere in the world, right?
2: No, I don't think so. No, and it I just love Adam Scott at this venue. I, I think it's perfect for him. And I know he loves it. And I, I love the fact that he played last week. So do I. I was just gonna say the same thing. He got the, the warm-up
0: right. in. He comes back
2: from uh, you know, uh
0: the the Middle East. He gets the round the four rounds in at Phoenix that were fine, and then he gets to go to like
2: one of the spots for him. His favorite I, I would I would bet this is in his top three favorite golf courses in the U.S. Um, I got to figure Augusta nationals in there. Yeah, and I would bet up. you he would say Riviera next. That would just be my guess. So I, I think he, I think it's a perfect fit for him. And I just, it makes it hard for me to go to Matt Fitzpatrick when I, I love, I'm so into Taylor Gooch and Adam Scott and Bubba Watson and then Sam Burns and Will Zalatoris really pique my interest as well. I just have a hard time going there. It's probably probably a, a very reasonable play, excuse me, but um, he it's just a tough range for Fitzpatrick. It is a tough range. I mean, even, it's funny,
0: the guy who finished runner-up last year, finished runner-up a couple of years ago, Tony Finau, one of the better setups for him, Sia, but just like the, the form that we've seen since his victory has has just not been good enough, right? I mean, there's just really... There's really no love for Tony Finau, despite the history and the on-paper setup.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like good value, and I, I and I think both Tony and Matt Fitzpatrick are probably going to carry some ownership because they both seem like they're popping with value. Maybe more so than some of the guys in the 8K range, but it's not for me. I mean, between Tony Finau and Matt Fitzpatrick, I'd much prefer Fitzpatrick, especially with the price break. I just, I think I would uh, too. Yeah, I don't just I generally don't get there with Tony for whatever reason. I think he's just so darn likable that people just want to play him. They want to vault him to a stratosphere that perhaps he doesn't belong in from a talent and consistency standpoint. And so here we are having people play him tournament to tournament, especially when he's priced like this. But it's not for me.
0: Hunky Tony. Eighty four hundred bucks. Not getting much love from the industry this week. Seven thousand dollar range. Lots of names. Lots of them. Lots of them. Leishman, Henley, Neiman, they're near the top. The middle looks like Seamus Power. Tom Hoagie, which pff, hat tip Tom Hoagie. This guy's an absolute stud. Uh, and in the bottom of the $7,000 range is Francesco Molinari, Carlos Ortiz, uh,
2: Johnny Vegas. What do you see here, Greg? Um, I'm a, I'm very interested in Jason Kokrak. Um, I'm mildly interested in Paul Casey. Um, and then I would, I would also throw Alex Noren in there. He was so impressive last week, and it's a venue where he has a tied 12th and a tied 16th and a tied 59th as well. So, um, he probably doesn't check as many boxes as you typically would see, but coming off of a you know, a warm up kind of tied 39th at farmers insurance open, a tied six last week, heading to a place he likes, I, I'm Kind of, I, I like what I've seen out of Alex Norton in his last two starts. It, it's been very good across the board. And when he's hitting it well, he's tough to beat because he does have a great short game and a great putter. So he's hitting it well. That puts him into an all-around category that I really like. Um, and then to go back to Jason Kokrak, he's in a similar position here where there's an all-around game that's pretty good. The recent form has been... As you can see right there, if you're watching on YouTube, right? Tied 45th, tied 17th, 38th, and a win. But if you look at his what he's done here at Genesis, he's had some nice finishes. He was tied second in 2016. I know that's a long time ago, but he's made a lot of cuts. He's missed the cut here twice. He's played and here a lot, too. He's played here a lot, and he's comfortable. And I could see it being a, a really nice venue for him. So he he's of interest, too. And, and there's guys then that you're, you end up leaving out like Cameron Tringale is another guy that I'm very interested in, in the, the low he's at 7,300. So he's, he's a little bit lower down the board, but you're, you're looking at a guy with uh, a lot of top 30 finishes in this event, almost, almost every year. And this year seems to be his best year on the PGA tour. He was tied third just two weeks ago at another really tough venue. Uh and and he missed the cut at at Pebble, but Mm. I I give him a little credit for that. So (laughs) if the trend continues, trend continues, this will be a good week for him. I mean, listen to this order. We talked about this last week with Henley, right? Tied second, missed cut. Tied seventh, missed cut, tied third, missed cut. What are we gonna get this week? T four. T four, you think? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe the first win. I I I like Tringali. And it's not because of that pattern. I just I I think it fits really well for him. They should let you bet exact results,
0: like exact scores of football games. See ya. Like, I, I want Cameron Shigale T4 exactly or fourth exactly. And I get paid out on T4 as well, obviously, in this fantasy. But like, that would be real degenerate stuff if they let you do that. Oh, I got something
1: for you, Rick. So okay. I did, um, we had a watch party for the early edge uh, last night for the Super Bowl. So I was on for the entire second half. And at the end of the watch party which you know again Jonathan Coachman ran that of course from the first cut as everybody knows uh there's a guy named Prop Stars that's on that show is that and on his birth certificate Prop well, Stars Well I think so it's well he goes by his nickname is Alex but I think the birth certificate is Prop Stars So <laughs> the point is the point is he actually put at 10,000 to 1 he put some money on the exact score real degenerate stuff the exact score he had was Rams 23 Bengals 20. That yeah. was the final score. See ya. It sure was. And he got paid on it. That ticket's circulating all over Instagram and Twitter, but it was pretty amazing. He, he had to go off of camera because he was sweating it so hard during the last minute, because obviously you, the Bengals could have tied that game. And then he get, he gets back on camera and tells everybody, and we're just all completely blown away. So, um, sorry, yeah, that was an that's aside. What
0: I, that's what I need in my life. I need a little bit of that sweat in my life. I like that. Pop stars, uh, AKA Alex. Love that. Prop stars, aka Alex, with the uh, with the exact score bet. Sia, what do you see out of the rest of the seven thousand dollars range? Because I could get behind Thomas Peters, who's been great worldwide. Tom Hoagie's apparently the best player on tour at this point. Like, what else are we dealing with here in the seven thousand dollars range? Tom
1: Hoagie's really interesting. You know, I I think I'm I'm at a point right now because I'm a fan where. Is he really going to keep it up this long in this field? I'm I'm not so sure. There's certainly value there, but I don't think I'm going to be on him this week. There's a couple of guys that Greg mentioned that I also like. Alex Noren is one of them, uh, so I don't I won't go into that again. I, I will point out his good course history here. Cameron Tringali is the other one, and I love the fact that he just I know Rick, you don't, but I love the fact that he just missed a cut at Pebble <laughs> because My one and people. Done. You know, people didn't really want to play him at Pebble anyway, but people played him because he's Cameron Tregal. He's a pretty good name. So I think people are generally going to be off of him. And I think he's a great course fit here. You know, his short game is really good. The putter around the green, you know, he's not bad uh, on approach. So I I think he checks a lot of boxes and I don't think he has much win equity. I don't think he has a ton of upside, but if you're looking for a guy who could finish top 20, maybe top 15 and and has a good chance of making a cut. Oh, and by the way, this is only a 120-person field, maybe 119 at this point. So, you know, over 50% of this field is making the cut. You're you're, you're probably going to want a six-for-six six this week because of that that sort of uh, condensed uh, field here. So I think Cameron Galli's right in there. The other two guys I want to mention, Lonto Griffin's one of them because he's just been playing so well. I kind of fear the around the green game for him, so maybe we can get into that, because that's something I'm definitely going to be emphasizing. The other guy I kind of like, who I think let some people down last week, in spite of a made cut, is Luke List. Again, he's going to rate out really well in, in anybody's model. The ball striking is there. His The all-around game is really developed with Luke List and his history here. It's a miscut last time out, but 30th, 15th, 26th before that, that was when Luke List wasn't very good. And now he's much better. I really like the idea of playing him after you know him letting some people down last week
0: lonto to start 2022 and see is right like historically the around the green play is not great uh to end his 2021 he lost strokes around the green in six of seven to start the new year he's gained in three of three in fact he's basically gone gaining across the board in each of his first three starts he only lost a small bit off the tee at Torrey Pines. Otherwise, he would be uh, a clear gainer across the board in three straight events. I'll do the Thomas Peters thing real quick. Um, two wins in his last five starts worldwide. He won in Portugal. He just won a couple of weeks ago on the DP World Tour. That was the event in Abu Dhabi. And then, of course, he finished runner-up here in 2017. I think he's only played it 2017 and 2018. So we had a runner-up finish one of those years. Um, So he's someone that I think is certainly interesting in the $7,000 range. Let's move on. Let's go to the nine or the sixes. I almost went back to the nines. I'm so excited. The $6,000 range, KH Lee, Martin Laird, Troy Merritt, Joel Damon, some names near the top and some names near the bottom at a flat 6,000. Honor Bon Lahiri, that's not fair. Uh, Oh my gosh, Hank Lee Biot has done it. (laughs) <laughs> wow. The fall, the fall of Hank, Kevin Tway, Lee Hodges, Roger Sloan, Nick Watney, Chesson's here, Chesson Hadley. Oh boy. All right, Greg, $6,000 range. Find us some value because um, we might not be able to pass up that $10,000 range.
2: Yes. So one uh, you mentioned him, KH Lee, I think coming back here last week was a solid performance. He's been showing a very consistent play. He hasn't quite popped the way we hope. But it's been very consistent. And you look at what he's done at the Genesis in the past. He was 66th last year, which means nothing more than he made the cut. Um, tied 13th the year before that. Tied 25th the year before that. So I, I think there's another chance to go with TPC Lee. I think he could be a very interesting option. And then at 6,500, another player I'm very interested in is Patrick Rogers. Um, mm. Rick, we we every time we talk about him, we talk about driver putter. And I think that's a big advantage, but you look at his history here and it speaks to the importance of that. The distance benefits him. And then he's very good on the greens and he's a California guy who went to Stanford. Right. So, uh, tied 12th last year when he played tied 30th, tied 15th, tied 26, tied 22nd. And he missed the cut in his first go around here. So I think there's, there's a real Avenue to get a guy like, Patrick Rogers in there. And it checks, even though he missed his last two cuts, it kind of checks a lot of boxes for a guy at 6,500.
0: Yeah. Five straight top thirties at this event for Patrick Rogers, a uh, couple of top 25s in there. T12 is best finish last year as Greg was mentioning. Uh, okay. see so what do we have here in terms of value
1: out of this $6,000 range? I think there's a lot of value here. And again, with a, with a shorter field, it, there's a lot of talent up top. But I think with a shorter field, I think you can count on some of these six guy, 6K guys making the cut and potentially having a, a decent finishing position. And don't forget, because this isn't going to be much of a birdie fest, you know, finishing position probably will end up mattering a little bit more just from a ratio standpoint. So you do want guys that are, you know, hopefully going to finish in the top 20. A few, a few names come to mind. Matt Kuchar is one of them. While I don't really like Matt Kuchar, and I, I addressed this a couple of weeks ago in like a birdie fest, I do like him in a place where you just have to navigate and be smart on the course and just plod along. And he's shown a, a tendency to do that with his finishing positions, miscut last year, but second, 28th, 26th, 22nd. The, the four prior to that. Now his form isn't very good off the tee on approach. It's been bad, but if you are going to find your form and potentially make a cut, it probably would be here. So uh, I do like Matt Kuchar. Brandon Grace is a guy I was on last week. I kind of like him again this week. Um, also pretty good history here. JT Poston, speaking of good history, but also like pretty good form. I know JT Poston was really popular last week. I think he's a solid play. And I'll mention two other guys that are, that are low end, but really good, ball strikers particularly on approach doug Gim, who by the way has been making cuts at an alarming He's rate made like eight in a row or something yes yeah, i think it's seven out of seven. eight i think yeah it's, that's probably right and he not only has he been making cuts, but the metrics are there. You know, he can really fall apart with the short game, particularly with the putter, but it hasn't been bad over the last 24 rounds. So I think his game might be sort of ascending that type of uh, ascent. We're, we're looking for to catch a guy relatively early. The other guy, uh, oh, this is the guy who made seven, seven out of the last, last eight cuts, not Doug Gim. It's Aaron Rye. Um, 31st sure. here in 2020. He's made seven out of eight cuts, uh, like I said. And I think he's another guy that's really low priced that has plenty of upside,
0: yeah. you mentioned the need for a six of six, and I think that that is accurate when you know more than half the field is going to make the cut and normally, I would not love just the guy who makes the cut but i, I if you're not if you don't have a six of six this week, Sia, you're it's going to be tough, right? I mean, assuming, assuming we don't get a couple of chalk bombs that like, you know, the three most popular golfers on the slate miss the cut, like you're going to need to have some quality six of sixes. If you want to make a run at something.
1: Yeah. And there's still, you you can probably have a five out of six and get there. If you have, you know, three of your guys or, you know, somewhere middling around the top 10 or top five. So it's not like it's impossible, you know, to cash in that respect, but yeah, you're definitely going to want a six for six here. And, And honestly, when you, to me, When you look at the 7K range, especially like, let's say, 7,700 or like 7,600 and below, I don't think there's a huge difference in that pool of golfers versus the upper 6K range. I understand there is a difference, but I don't think it's a huge difference. When you're talking about Matt Kuchar, Brendan Gray, some of these guys who have been playing well, like Poston, Gim, I, I I, I think they can, you know, there's guys I like in the 7K range, but I think they can... Grayed out just fine against the, even like the the Corey Connors of the world, Sehithagala, so, Siwoo Kim. I don't think there's a huge difference there.
0: What happened to Mito? So Mito is sixty six hundred. Greg, he was the elite elite ball striker last year. Then this year, like this season, happened. He's lost strokes off the tee in. Basically three of five and the two that he's gained have been 0.02 and 0.03. He's now a putting phenom. Like, should I be concerned when a golfer is this far away from his DNA?
2: I'd give him a little bit of time. Um, I I think you're, you're looking at two things, a young player who doesn't have a lot of experience. So we don't know, really know what kind of courses fit his game. Well, Um, I, I guess we have an idea but we don't really know that yet. And he also took off a ton of time and you don't know what he was doing in that time between the RSM and the farmers. That's, that's a lot of time for a a young, a PGA tour rookie to not play. So I thought that was kind of a curious decision. I'm not sure what went into that, but no, I give him a little bit of time. It could be a good sign that the putting's coming up, but I got another guy in the six K range. I want to ask you about yeah, who I'm quite interested in. And it's, Similar to the Patrick Rogers line of thinking here. Um and but I'm not sure it's safe enough if you're looking based on the six K uh six of six conversation. It's Wyndham Clark. I knew it was Wyndham Clark.
0: I yeah. literally started typing in his name. I knew you were gonna say Wyndham Clark.
2: <laughs> yeah, look look at his results. I mean yeah, I been, mean he's he's, he's played good. here twice, tied eighth, tied seventeenth. He drives it great. He gains like crazy off the tee, and uh, well, I guess he hasn't really been lately. But that, but he typically does. That's where he gets hot when he plays well. He's driving it great, and he and he tends to putt really well. And I'm seeing a good finish at the American Express. Okay, at the RSM, MDF. I I just wish that didn't exist anymore entirely. I know it basically doesn't, but MDF at Pebble and miscut it at waste management. Is this too risky or can I go horses for courses here and play Wyndham Clark? I think you're
0: fine here. I don't, I listen. I don't, th- I think, uh, I think there's a lot of risk inherently for everybody in that $6,000 range. And I think you could do a lot worse than Wyndham Clark, right? The MDF, whatever. Okay. He, he gained strokes on the field that week and didn't get to play on Sunday. I don't care. Uh, the, the miscut at Phoenix, No problem there, but before that, he'd rattled off a bunch of made cuts. He's a very good putter. The good results here, you could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse, Wyndham Clark. All right, I like it.
2: Maybe first round leader Wyndham Clark.
1: There you go. Now we're cooking with gas. Hey, can I um, ask you guys about somebody? I'm just very curious about your opinion on him. He's 7,500. It's Seamus Power, who's played here once before. It was in 2019. I feel like he's going to be forgotten a little bit for a couple reasons. He's coming off a missed cut. But more importantly, there's a few guys around him that I think are going to be pretty popular, like Paul Casey, Tom Hoagie. Uh, Any thoughts on him? Is, is that somebody you guys want to roster this week?
0: If you're a believer in Sheamus for the next 12 months, this is like the greatest spot to roll him out. Right. Which is everybody's forgotten about him, but he has been on an absolute tear dating back to last summer. He has a very public blow up, not a blow up, but he coughs up a five shot lead, um, at Pebble beach and finishes T nine, still a great result. And he misses a cut at Phoenix by a shot. Like, I don't, I don't care. Now he gets to go to a ball strikers course and he's a very good putter. Like if you believe, if you believe Seamus power long-term, this is the best spot for him.
2: Most mispriced player in the field
1: in the the running for
2: that. What's his price?
1: 7,500. Ooh. I, I feel like, you know, two weeks removed from that collapse. And especially in this loaded field, like there's no pressure on him anymore. Nobody's looking at Seamus power anymore. They're looking at like the 20 guys. Yeah, at we're, the top. we're done with him, Right. Everybody's done with him. Right.
0: Yeah. It's he, like when he, we all just he, forgot about Corey Connors after we rattled off his eighth consecutive top 20. We were like boring. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he's a, he's a great play. Oh, I was man. trying to keep him secret shame us uh, well, thanks J-Mos. for bringing them up so yeah. sorry about that
0: uh all right gents anything oh, else before it. we get out of here riviera anything anything
1: um you can almost fun fact you can almost come up with an all cam or an all matt lineup cam smith cam Tringali, cam davis cam young cam champ we're missing one so we gotta throw somebody else in there and the matt lineup matt fitzpatrick matt jones matt kuchar matt naismith matt wallace just saying I, I think uh, one, one of those. I think it's... Turns,
2: if, if one of those turns out to be optimal,
1: that <laughs> that would be amazing. I think the Matt one has legs. If you throw in like Patrick Camley or Rom or somebody like that, or Roar Vieira. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, man, uh, Andrew Put Cam. Um, I was just looking for guys that had A.M. in their name. Cam Answer. No, Ooh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Not bad. I like that. All right, gentlemen, I think that'll do it. Big thanks to Pariser Jacob doing all the hard work behind the scenes. We'll be back on Tuesday for the mega preview pod for this week's Genesis Invitational. And of course, round by round recaps after the conclusion of each said rounds, follow Sia Najad on Twitter at Sia Najad. Follow Greg Ducharme at the real GFD. And you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time.